sir, yes, sir. Welcome back to the Motown and Coney podcast. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? And it's been a, by the time this one airs, the NBA conference finals will be set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My two teams are still alive. <laughs> I know that already. Yeah. Uh, if if you, if you haven't been listening, I got Golden State winning it all against the Miami Heat. Uh huh. So, guess first question: <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's start with them. They lost four games to two to the Golden State Warriors, but I kind of feel like it's almost that MJ Detroit series. And what was that? 89-90, right. the Pistons went on to win the championship, but you knew the Bulls was going to be there. Right. No, I, I agree. I think this young Memphis team, man, just showed me something, man. If they can actually stay together and don't let salary cap and, and money issues get in the way and don't get too greedy, I think they can actually have a dynasty. Um, what do you think about that one? I'm trying to think who – so just looking at the West, Golden State's older. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is – Is older. Chris Paul's older. Yeah, they still got Devin Booker and – Crowder's um, older. Crowder's older. Um, But I think Chris Paul is the kind of the, the straw that stirs the drink, so it'll be interesting to see – uh, what happens with Phoenix once he eventually retires? Right. Uh, Dallas with Luka Doncic, they, they, I think they could beat a team and maybe challenge. Right. Memphis, depending on how. Well, both of those teams you just mentioned, they got to make sure that this year's free agency is really pivotal because they have to retain. Uh, Phoenix has to retain Aiden because he's a free agent. And Jalen Brunson is a free agent. And there's also. been some some talk about um, Aiden not being too happy in Phoenix, which right because he should have been got paid his money, and they wind up paying Bridges before they pay him, which uh, Bridges was uh, um, almost defensive player of the year this year. So yeah, I'm trying to think who else. So Dallas possibility, Denver. I actually think is on the way down. Uh, um. Well, they were missing like two of their leading scorers, so I'm gonna give you a team that I think might be a a thorn in Memphis's side. Uh oh, coming up, a little bit older team, but their owner, the richest owner in the NBA, and you don't know how much he's willing to spend. Mm-hmm. But the LA Clippers. Oh wow. They got the Intuit Dome being built. Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, Steve Ballmer, their owner, has shown a willingness to say, basically, fuck the salary cap. Right. Uh, so I think the Clippers, I know it's the Clippers, but I think they could be a wild card in all this. Um, they're two stars, Paul George and, and Kawhi. They're older. Mm-hmm. But they're not; they're a few years younger than your your Draymond and your Steph Curry. So, yeah, I, I just think like as a team all together, I just don't, I don't, I don't see them. Uh, I don't see like a Reggie Jackson standing in front of a John Morant. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, <laughs> Reggie Jackson will not be on the Clippers in two years. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like a lot of those players. I don't think if things if the Clippers don't win anything within the next two years, I don't think Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Be no, I, I think Ballmer yeah. breaks them apart. The the thing that I think that has me throwing the Clippers in there is because of the owner, because he's shown a willingness to spend, and I don't see them opening a new arena without a without a marquee player. Right, and I think he'll bring somebody else in to, to replace those players. But um, never never thought I would say this, but the Clippers seem to have a better stable ownership in front office than the Lakers. I don't know. I don't know. I think the Lakers just uh, injuries. 
Just like the Clippers this year. Injuries hurt both of them. Even you know the Clippers is only a couple wins away from being in the Lakers' shoes. So would you rather have Kawhi or would you rather have Russell Westbrook? I'd rather have LeBron because LeBron and Kawhi like go hand in hand, and LeBron almost had the scoring title this year. Okay, I I, I <laughs> understand, <laughs> but which and like right now, who in who on the. The Clippers squad is like on Anthony Davis level, even though Anthony Davis is like injury prone. Yeah, I'm gonna say Kawhi because they both was hurt all year. Right, that's <laughs> all I was gonna say. And like, isn't Anthony Davis like 25 or 26? I don't know, but that's terrible. Anthony Davis needs to go to Hollywood and audition for the remake <laughs> of Mr. Glass. I got a good team for you. That's a dark horse that you probably wouldn't pay attention to. And they made a couple of good trades in the off season. And I think they're going to actually be pretty good. Watch out for the Sacramento Kings. They picked up Sabonis from uh, Indiana Pacers. They still got De'Aaron Fox. Is Chris Webber walking through that door? <laughs> they just got your favorite coach. From, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who, Mike Brown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just got Mike Brown. So I see Tommy's got the yeah. jokes today. <laughs> So they might they might do something. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath when it comes to the Sacramento <laughs> Kings whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think that something's got to change. Every, every time you think they're gonna do something, yeah, the Sacramento Kings are the Detroit Lions. Uh, they're gonna. They're gonna <laughs> make, I, I got okay. So I, even I though I have the Lions making a playoff, this I'm gonna year. put my stamp of approval on the Sacramento Kings and say they make the play in. Next year. I don't see it, but okay. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. That's my that was my guarantee. Talk about a hot take. That's a super hot take. <laughs> okay. I got a good I got another one for you, Rodney. Oh uh, here. Okay. Since we start calling him a hot take Tommy. The the <laughs> So the NFL schedule had released. Uh a, w- a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so how do you feel about the way the Lions are placed? And do you see them making it to the playoffs? I have. Here's my hot take. Uh-huh. Have a Lions going 10-7. I like that. Ten, will 10-7 get them in the playoffs, though? Yes. Okay. All right. We're on the same page here. I was going to bump it up a little bit more because their schedule is so easy. Like it's really easy. But yeah, the 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 second half. Well, I won't even say the second half. That last month where they had to play like two games at Lambo and I forgot where else, but they're outdoors. I I, I don't know. Although I know people are high. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. I think this is the year that the bad man. Yeah. <laughs> Is no longer a bad man. He got to prove that shit because he has, like... I also think KC's in trouble this year, too. I don't know, man. I, you know, I There's think a, Juju has a breakout season this year. They're going to need it because their schedule was brutal. Like, their first eight games are against all playoff teams from last year. Yeah, that's true. The NFL really shit on casting. <laughs> that's all I have to say. And they gave, like, the Lions, like, super flowers. The first four games are, like, all winnable. Like, you play against the Eagles the first game at home. So you never know with the NFL, like, the first game jitters, like, guys coming straight out from uh, from camp. You never know how that'll go. So usually, like, the home team wins that game. Yeah. Um, I, I like the Lions schedule. Um I do think the NFL this year, I don't know, the schedules for a lot of teams just (laughs) – like I know people were complaining about uh, like the Lions not having any primetime game. Uh But you you may not have any primetime games, but you, you have a very favorable schedule. You don't play any team coming off a bye week. 
Yeah. Only only negative I will say about the Lions schedule is they got an early bye, which I, I hate. Although you could be like some teams that have a bye week 14. Yeah, that's true. So, Yeah, no. My thing about it is we play the Jets. We play the, 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 Giants. the, the Giants, the Jacksonville the Jaguars. Jaguars. I mean, we play the Patriots. Uh, you know, it's up in the air with them. I yeah. mean, Lions, you got to do something. You got to win something. I just, the Bears aren't going to be great this season. The Packers, I don't think, are going to be great. Yeah, I don't. I Minnesota doesn't. I almost want to. I'm sorry, but I don't get why people like Kirk Cousins so much. Yeah, I almost want to go to Vegas and just bet on the Lions to win a division. Like it's really obtainable. Like they can win. They're they're probably like the second best team in the division. Yeah, I mean, if you think about quarterback wise, I would put I would put. Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins is like inter- they're neck and neck. Yeah, they're inter- yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like they're neck and neck. If you think about quarterback wise, of course, Aaron Rodgers, the creme de la creme of the division. Yeah, but who is he throwing the damn ball to? Right, and then you just got Jared Goff got reloaded with all these like wide receivers. He went from having no wide receivers last year, and like guys learning on the job. So. Like, Jared Goff went to, I can't be the problem. I have nobody to throw to, to, this shit better work now, cause. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, now you better, you gotta show up. You don't show up, you're gonna get fucking shitted on. And they'll ship them right out, so. You gotta show up this year, man. Okay, before we get into our, our Kendrick topic, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go real back to the NBA real quickly. Okay. Talking about one team and one team only. All right. Who has a superstar player that got mentioned by Kendrick Lamar in a in a song, Kyrie <laughs> Irving in the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Need you to put your GM hat on. Okay. How the hell do you savage this this Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving combination? Wow. Well, this is going to be a – this take is going to be a hot take. I say that you trade Kyrie Irving. I don't think it's hot because you have the GM basically saying we need players available with a right. clear shot at Kyrie. You had a Mari Steinemeyer, who I didn't even know was an assistant yeah, coach. Yeah, assistant coach, yeah. Um, that's not coming back, but first take basically said – Kyrie hurt the team this year. He did. He did. Like he, he should have. He should have. In my opinion, the one thing that Amari uh, said that I didn't like or I didn't agree with, um, and kind of alludes to, I think you have the right equation about trading Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Is Amari uh, said Steve Nash and Kyrie Irving can coexist? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I don't agree either. And my thing about I don't I don't think so either. And my thing about Kyrie Irving is it's not just about the mandate and, and the vaccinations and all that stuff. He has a history of, Yeah, he's played more he's he literally has been out more games than he's played since he's been at Brooklyn that. Right. And this goes all the way back to being with the Cleveland Cavaliers, like his issues too. And Maybe it's time for him to move on to, like, another team and, like, start somewhere fresh. I don't think that they'll win anything with him and KD together. Yeah, and and I almost would have said, no, it could work uh, until Kyrie made his latest comment where he basically said uh, him, Kevin Durant, and the GM of the Nets would, you know, mm-hmm. get things together this offseason. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm old school – but you're not LeBron. Like I can see LeBron <laughs> going to Rob Palenka. Like okay, yeah. This this is what we this is what we have to do. This is what we need. But and then you had Kyrie early on, basically saying when he first signed, like him and Kevin could coach themselves. Right. 
No, I, I think I think it is what it is with Kyrie right now, and I think he'll stay with one ring. I don't think he'll never win another ring again. Um, yeah. I think right now he needs to go to a team and just go for the money right now. Which makes me think if Steph Curry wins a ring this year, he should do the Jimmy Butler in the <laughs> locker room. You know how Jimmy Butler was like, they picked Tobias Harris over me. I think right. Steph should look at the camera and say, Kevin, you shows Kyrie over me? <laughs> <laughs> no, he should. No, he should. And that would be hilarious. I think – I think like a place or a destination for a player like Kyrie Irving, if they'll take him, you should go to like the Orlando Magic. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like go to Orlando. Um, we don't need you here in Detroit. No, no, we won't take him already. We already have uh, some other guys. But um, I don't know where he can go. That's been the land for Misfit Toy for as long as I can remember. That would keep him in the media spotlight. <laughs> where? I'm looking at you, New York Knicks. That'll be a that'll be a good revenge right there. They need a point guard. They love him. That's not a bad move. That's not a bad move. I can see that happening. But you got to really think about it too. Is his contract like via trade? Uh, like, I feel and they like, won't trade him. I feel like he has Knicks. a player option for this year, which. He's not going to opt out. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if I'm a betting man. Yeah. He's going to take that player option. Yeah, he's not going to opt out because nobody's going to want him or pay him that much money. I don't see him going anywhere else and somebody else paying him. So, I don't know. Have him opt in to a sign and trade and send him to the Island of Mythic Toys. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, all the other teams in the NBA, and I can't see, like, a place for him. New York, Orlando. New York or Orlando. Sacramento. No, because they got De'Aaron <laughs> Fox. Like I know, I just, yeah. I just said that because you chose <laughs> to make the play in this year. Yeah, they they gotta make the play in, but um, yeah, I just I don't. I'm trying to think of all the teams, and I don't see them going anywhere else. Like you can't send them to uh, the Spurs because the Spurs or um, Greg Popovich would they pop got his ass up, yeah. up, up to the league. Yeah, he wouldn't even. Yeah, he wouldn't make it. Um, he can't go to Portland. Greg Popovich will hang up before the, the next GM could even propose the trade. <laughs> and I don't think uh I don't think uh Utah would be a good place for him in his personality. <laughs> yeah, so I don't Could you imagine Kyrie around all the Mormons? <laughs> <laughs> or going to <laughs> that'd be crazy. Or going to uh OKC? Mm-hmm. That'd be different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't so, see him doing that either. This this arcade episode uh, where we're gonna build upon the complex article uh, where we rank our big three uh, top five albums of each person. If you're unfamiliar with the big three, it's K Dot, it's J Cole, and it's Aubrey, aka Drake. <laughs> so we figured we save Drake for last. Uh, do J Cole next because he is the middle child. Right. And we'll do K Dot first since he's the most recent one to drop an album after his, what, four or five year hiatus. Right. Um, so uh, we'll bob and weave this one, uh, ranking our top five K Dot albums. So I, I think it's, we'll bob and weave this one. I'll I'll go first with my number five. All right. Uh, this was an honorable mention for me on our um, <laughs> when we ranked the the big three uh, top five albums, um, the Untitled Unmastered, which was really <laughs> Untitled Unmastered because the damn song didn't even have a title. They just had the yeah. <laughs> the date basically they were recorded. Um, and it it almost come as an EP because it only had eight songs, but I do still listen to the Untitled Unmastered album um, a lot. I wish I could give you some titles, but <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> only Kendrick can do such a thing, but I think it definitely deserves to be on the list. Okay, so for me, I think Untitled Unmastered is good, too. Um, it just didn't have no titles for it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was dope, too. 
and there's really much you can't really say about it. I thought the tracks were pretty good too. Um, it's not in my top five. It's an honorable mention. So I know that's gonna gonna trip you out. Um, I know this is gonna be a probably a hot take for Rodney, and I know it's new. But I'm gonna put the Mr. Morale album as top as number five. It's not a hot take because it's on my list. Oh, it's on your list. Okay, so I, the reason why I have it at number five and it's fluid is because. I, I think it's fucking dope. Like, I like it. It's new, so I have it as number five. I'm quite sure it's going to move up on my list, but I have it as number five. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's on my list. Um, where it lands. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised because usually we don't do this. We yeah, don't, I usually yeah. don't do this, but I feel confident enough to say that it's going to end up where I'm placing it when it's all said and done. So, right, okay. Um, number four on my list. Uh huh. Uh, this was my number five on the uh, list of albums um, earlier. Section eighty. Okay. Um, like I said before, my introduction to Kendrick. Um, I don't really think it's a skipped on the album, <laughs> and if you. <laughs> Want to know why I'm saying that? Go back to our bonus episode. Uh, I love the album. Uh, ADHD is funny because that's one of my favorite songs. Him and Jordan Lucas both have a song, ADHD, and I freaking love both of them. Right. Um, Shout out to Jordan Lucas, one of my other favorite artists also. Both uh, of our favorite artists. Absol, it's one of the features on this album, made me, like, dig into him. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shout out to TDE. They they got a pretty nice roster over (laughs) over there. They got a damn good roster over there, man. Kendrick Glass album on TDE. Yeah. Um, The Ronald Reagan era song. If you haven't checked out Section 80, do so yeah check it out of course um a lot of people might um refer to my favorite song which is on there which is rigor mortis so a lot of people like that song too i thought that song was dope it stands out to me uh hold up um i I just i like the whole cd so Yeah. yeah pretty dope um okay so my number four my number four is a little different um I'm going to roll with the Black Panther album. It's an honorable mention for me. Uh-huh. Um, I thought of it almost was my number four album. Uh, I like it. I, I do. This is the problem with Kendrick and, and J. Cole and Drake. There isn't too much. It's not going to be too much separation between our honorable mentions and what actually makes a list. Right, it's kind of like it's definitely like up in the air because all of them are like really good. I thought this was a good album. I thought um, it's one of those albums where if you watch the Black Panther movie, it's gonna make yeah. you revert back to this album. So it's like a timeless album, and I think that of course it, it deserves to be in the top five. I know Rodney said it was an honorable mention, but like he was saying it, he was fighting. He was yeah. fighting. Yeah. King is Dead, Hard, Seasons, Redemption. It's pretty pretty much. This is yeah, all the stars. As no skip as you're going to get. Yeah. Pretty dope, man. Big Shot. Yeah. Yeah. So my number three was your number five, Mr. Morales. Mm-hmm. And the Big Steppers. Um, yeah. I mean, starts off with anti- the the N95, the uh, Worldwide Stepper, Die Hard, Father Time. Mm-hmm. We Cry Together. We Cry Together is probably one of the hardest concept songs ever created. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, 
I ranked that right up there with when Nas did Rewind as far as like a concept of something that's never been done before, really. Right. Uh, I agree. Call Me Out. So, Call Me Out, of course. Yeah, Auntie Diaries. Like, just, I, I, like I said before, go back, listen. I feel like this is, a, if it's not a classic, it's damn near there. Um, it was mm-hmm. worth the uh, five-year wait. <laughs> uh, so, thank you. Um, I feel like I I have to put it in my top three, considering that I, I was, if you go back to our most overrated uh, podcast, <laughs> um, I, I called out Kendrick, and he definitely shut my ass up. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. Like, of course, I had this as my number five. I know it's new, and I didn't want to. I'm, I'm living in the moment. We both living in the yeah. moment right now. So, yeah, I know it's new. So I was trying to give it some time. But damn, this is a really good album, man. Like it's, it's definitely like some top three status, man. Rodney hit it right on the head. I put it at five because it is new and like you know. Gotta have some time to sit with it. Yeah, but I I feel like it's damn it's ready, man. It's it's really good. Go check that album out, please. Show your boy Kendrick some support. I'm quite sure you probably already listened to it already, but it's really good. Um, so my my number three is going to be uh, Damn. So <laughs> I just hit it right out there. It's going to be Damn, the Damn album. I thought that album was dope. Um, it didn't make it... Um, on my list uh, on the last episode, but it made it on this list. Um, Shout out to uh, yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah, damn, damn is really good. Of course, everybody knows DNA and uh, loyalty. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you should know the whole album. Element, uh, love, of course. Like this album is dope. I always thought Duckworth. I, I went back and listened to Duckworth and. Just knowing that whole story, man, behind the album. Yeah. Classic material here. Whew. So the funny thing is I have two slots left. I have three albums that are worthy to be in one, two, three, mm-hmm. one, two spot. Uh-huh. Damn. Uh, Good Kid, Mass City. Uh-huh. And to Pimp a Butterfly. Right. Which means I left one of them all. Right. That's what I <laughs> How, 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 like, how, how does that happen? So, <laughs> which one did I leave off is the question. Right. Um, it'll be interesting because I think we, well, I know our one, two might be the same. It might be different because the one I left off is the one he just talked about. Damn. Oh, wow. That's tough. So, number Two, which might be his number one, I don't know, but I feel like it's on his list at this point. Uh huh. Is the Pimp a Butterfly? Yeah, that's my number two. <laughs> which means number one, Good Kid, Mad City. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you left Damn off though. That that's that's shocking to me. But you did uh, choose Section Eighty over it though, which was. Kinda. I know, I know. Yeah. People be hating on the Section 80 album. Yeah. Uh, just, so I figured our one two might be the same. Yeah. Like we we you hit it right on the head, man. I, wow. Um, I do feel so let me just let's just let's just talk about number two right now. Um to pimp a butterfly. I feel like to Pimp a Butterfly sets the tone for for the album we just got. But feel like I feel like it's Kendrick's first attempt at a full concept album, right? Um, where you have to listen to it in it, like in its totality, totality basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's reminding me of what Charlemagne the guy said about Nas' first King's Disease album. It's when you you listen to the single, you're like, okay, cool. 
it might be cool, but it's not what I expected. And then when you get the whole album, you're like, it fits. Right. So I feel like Kendrick set the tone with his first single off uh, to Pimp a Butterfly. Uh, All right. Mm-hmm. That was the first single. Yeah, they kind of drove that. It's perfectly placed on the album, too. It's the seven-track in a 16-track album. But I feel like it's set up by the first half of the album. Uh, right. For free, that interlude is just something... Yeah, <laughs> it's thought provoking, and then you get King um, yeah, King Kunta right after that. Yeah, which is my it's my shit. Institutionalize these walls, you, and then yeah. you get to basically. I done gave y'all all this. We gonna be all right after you think mm-hmm. I through all this, right? And then hood politics, how much that's in complexion, all things people struggle with. Hmm. Um, so I feel like as, as I don't feel like you can just listen to one song on this album. Like you need to listen to it in its entirety. That's true. And I actually like that he has, um, Bilal on here too, which is one of my favorite, uh, R&B artists too, man. And when I seen these collabs, R&B Tommy. Yeah, R&B Tommy. <laughs> and like, when I seen this collab, I was like, man, because Bilal, man, like, if you if you haven't checked out some of his and work. If people are doing R&B artists that are underrated, he would be on this list. Yeah, check out his work, man. Uh, Soul Sister was like his, uh, his uh, big song, big single. And then after that, it was uh, Life in the Fast Lane with uh, Jadakiss and, uh, mm-hmm. and Dr. Dre. So, yeah, check that man out. He got some fire, and that collab he did with Kendrick Lamar is like perfect. Yeah, match made. Um, so we both picked uh, Good Kid and Mad City over to Pimp a Butterfly. Right. It's the origin story. Yeah, which is which is interesting because Section Eighty is really his first. A lot of people, you get their origin story on their first album. Right. But I feel like Good Kid, Mad City benefits from that being the second album. Um, it's more polished. The story is, is, is written. It's, it's, it says to stay for the Pimp a Butterfly and Untitled Um it's funny because J. Cole has the, the the song The Middle Child. Mm-hmm. I feel like Good City is Kendrick's middle child, kind of. Right. No, I, I, I can kind of get that vibe from it, too. Like, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It, it reminds me of, like, um, you know how, like, when a movie first come out and, like, it you know, it shows, like, or, or a horror movie or, or, or something of that nature. And it just shows like a random, you know, person going through their emotions, doing like with the killing and all that stuff. And it doesn't explain. That's what Section 80 and like, I heard he had another album before then yeah. that it didn't really explain his story. Yeah. And then when you heard Good Kid, Mad City, it was like he went back and then like it explained the story. So it made you want to go back and listen to Section 80. Yeah. Yeah. Good That's what Kid, it did. Mad City hit you in the mouth like, this is who I am. This is. This is K dot right, and it made me want to go back and listen to Section Eight. That's actually how it kind of played out for me, because I knew of Kendrick Lamar, and I had a chance to really listen to him. And I did listen to him when Section Eighty came out, but then um, I didn't pay it too much attention. But after I listened to Good Kid, Mad City, I was fiending for more, so I went back and listened to Section Eight. Yeah, it was actually a chick I was talking to at the time was like, "You need to um, go back and listen to Section 80. and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, like it's and the shit. Enough, and that was before uh, Mad City came out. Like we was just talking about different artists. She was like, "Oh, <laughs> you know he about to drop this, but go listen yeah. to this first. 
And like it makes so much sense, man. Like I love how everything is placed on this album. You hear that, Drake? Placement. Yeah, it's, the placement <laughs> was like awesome, man. And the singles that he dropped for were pretty good. Too. Yeah, the the single. So, and it's, it's rare that you have an album to, to be able to do what he did. Mm-hmm. It's a commercial hit. Everybody I know that like being into lyrics, love, uh, good yeah. kid, Mad city. So he was able to do both, which other lyrical artists have struggled with before. Uh, like you said, have some dope singles. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the knock for some people on uh, To Pimp a Butterfly or even a later one uh, was that where are the singles, where are the commercial hits? Right. And I think actually with the, the time the time frame and the day and age that we living in, we gonna we we're gonna find some commercial hits out of that. Well, he I think he's he's either dropped or he is dropping a video for um N95. So right, so I, I which can I see feel like hits. it's a commercial song. Yeah, I can see commercial hits coming out of that too, especially um, in this time of COVID. Yeah, with this time of COVID and the things that's going to Roe versus Wade and you know a bunch of other things going on in the. You know, got me thinking about childish Gambino. This yeah. is America. Yeah, so this album is perfect. It, it it fits what's going on right now and and the current issues. So yeah, I think actually with Kendrick Lamar, man, when you go back to uh, to all his albums, all his albums like touch all the issues like of today. So this is my thing with Kendrick Lamar. What makes him special out of the big three? I know a lot of people say, well, J. Cole is like a woke rapper too, right? But I think Kendrick Lamar might be more woke than J. Cole is. Like, I know that sounds crazy. So, how can I put this? J. Cole is like your introduction to wokeness. Right. Kendrick Lamar is when you like truly woke. <laughs> yeah, when you truly woke. Like, Kendrick Lamar is like the, the, the beginner's guy. Kendrick Lamar, I mean, J. Cole's like the beginner guy. Kendrick Lamar is like the advanced version. Right. I do think J. Cole has a better appeal um, to, to younger people because of that, though, than yeah. Kendrick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man, because... But like, I, I feel like... And we can t- talk about this when we talk about um, your boy from Canada, too. <laughs> I feel like the big three need each other. Well, well, they do, because honestly, like if we just had J. Cole and Kendrick, for instance, I we would really miss out on, on a lot of things like... The Loverboy songs. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I was going to... We would miss out on a lot of things that actually make the world go around because... You need controversy. You need somebody to, to put your ass in your place and, and mention certain things about about being woke and what's going on. So think about it like this, Rodney. And it's the way I, I look at things, okay? Yeah, we out here and we in a good fight. We, we got issues with the police and, and certain things and brutality. We got things going on with the government. We got a pandemic going on. But we ain't going to sit up here and act like we don't enjoy doing extracurricular activities and, like, having fun, going to parties, knocking boots. Yeah, I, did, I took it back. I didn't want to <laughs> say uh, the other thing. But, yeah, knocking boots. So we need Drake. We need Kendrick. I, and we need J. Cole. We need all of them. So, and I and I guess this is a, um, a good question. And this is something we probably do a podcast on. Uh-huh. So this era has Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick. Mm-hmm. What were the big three of of the two thousands and oh yeah, the nineties so, and the eighties? So I it, it's weird because or is this the only era where you have a big three? No, you had a big three. You had a big three then. Um, I remember um, I remember Jay Z mentioning something, but. 
and like he said, M Pimp Juice and us. But I thought Nas was Nas was around then too. But Nas was like your woke rapper, if you think about it. Nas was the woke rapper before woke rapper. Who yeah, yeah, like yeah, Nas was the woke rapper before, and we needed Nas too. And like you, a lot of people, Jay Z's trying to say, "What you trying to kick knowledge? Your shit is garbage." Yeah, but that was the thing, like. He was like that lane that you needed. So when you do listen to like Illmatic or As It Was Written or Stillmatic, you know, like we need those. Even though Stillmatic uh, had like, because a lot of people, that was their first introduction to uh, Nas. But even with that album, he still kicked some shit to you. Even though he was venting on that album, he was like with the bridge and like with Ether and like got yourself a gun. He was venting and then like, but he still kicked some knowledge to you on that album too, and and uh, and woke you up. So yeah, so maybe that's something we'll look at the 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 big three um, throughout the history of hip hop. Just something that came to my head, interesting because um, I do feel like, and I know some of my, our younger listeners will probably. Uh, <laughs> debate this or dispute this and that J. Cole, Kendrick, and Drake have separated themselves from uh, their peers. Yeah, and that's and and I hate to say it too, because of course like I'm an advocate for my hometown and I always wanted to put Big here, Sean here, here yes. You know I was about to say it because it's the elephant in the room. Like Big Sean was around when these guys were around and he just I so Ah oh, man, this last album just put this last Kendrick album. I don't know where to put Big Sean because Big Sean is woke too. So, but it, I'm gonna reserve judgment on um, on this. Um, I guess Big Sean's in the studio working on his album. Yeah, but it's a 2088 album. It's not like it's not gonna be his album. Yeah. So it's just I don't I don't know where you where you take it from here because. This album right here just blew me away. Yeah, I I do. I won't say the 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 gap between Big Sean and, and the other three is ten enormous. football fields. I won't say ten. It's ten football fields, Rodney. You I, you I, being really nice right now. I, I'll go for five, six. Shit, man, that's is ten football fields, man. Oh, so, so you saying it's the Grand Canyon, basically? Man, I'm just saying, like, I, I love Big Sean. I, I think he's a talented rapper. The last album he came out with was okay, but it was forgettable. You get what I'm saying? Like, forgettable. Detroit 2 would be the it wasn't one. It, it wasn't Detroit 2. It was the one because he, he just left. Uh, oh, you're talking about the one with Hit Boy? Yeah. It was forgettable. Look, you even forgot about it's it. A, you a, you skipped over. You skipped over it like the one with Hit Boy. We don't even we don't even know the name of that shit. That's how bad it is. You're talking about the EP though, right? I guess that's what it is. But just think about it, Rodney. Uh, like it's a forgettable. It was it's, it's forgettable content. It's just something to put out there. Even if I'm a fan, I listened to a couple of songs on there, but it was forgettable. What you expect, uh, Big Shine and Hit Boy? It's six songs. Six songs. Two of them I listen to strongly. The one is forgettable. Boil to a fault with Bryson Taylor and Little Dirk is forgettable if you ask me. Yeah. Offense I don't listen to for Big Sean necessarily because the Babyface rating of 42 is on there. But like it's just. Okay. It's, you, so, so look. F so 10 years down the line. Five years. Fuck it. Give me two years down the line. Because you know how this is a generation where we listen to, uh, to albums and then we just we move on to the next one. This is like some shit where I move on to the next one. And that, that's sad to say. Big Sean is at the point in his career where we need more, so, better content so from what him. You, what you're saying is the next two years is make or break for we need better content from him. I know he's going. See, this is the thing. He's going through this whole journey, right? Fucking show us. Give us some shit. So, normally America, I'll be the one on 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 one. Yeah. The last two podcasts, <laughs> Tommy has called out Cardi B, and now he <laughs> called out Big Sean. So, 
Because Big Sean, he repping for all of us in Detroit, man. He got to show us something, goddammit. Yeah, so basically, it's show up or, or shut up time. Yeah, because he's no longer with good music, right? He, he's he's this is he's by himself, right? Show us something. You got to show us something. You can't don't come up with no bullshit. I'm quite sure since we record this in the D, basically, <laughs> that somebody listening to the podcast knows Big Sean. Yeah. So let him know. We don't want no bullshit. And you're more than welcome to come on this podcast to, to tell us what you got. Right. Because like, we definitely we definitely support we support our Detroit artists. So we want the best, man. We can't be getting outshined by like the fucking J. Coles, the fucking Drakes, and the fucking Kendricks. Like, America, you listening, tell us your opinion. Is there a, a, a tennis, 10 football field yeah. Gap between Big Sean and the Big Three. Yeah, right now it is, man. Like, cause right now, if you if okay, so the Mr. Morale album and the Steppers. Ten years from now, I can revisit this album. Even we just talked about this last time. The King uh uh no, not the Kings. The um uh yeah, the uh the Black uh Panther album. I can revisit that album. A lot of, of a lot of Big Sean's content I can't revisit because I, I was waiting on them to say that. You know, you know, like some of it is fucking like useless. And I hate to say it, you know what made me think about this shit? Kanye made me think about it because he was talking about the ass oh, song. Here we go. I'm just saying, like, think. One day we're gonna get through a podcast when I mention Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> No, because just think about it. Like, a lot of this shit is going to be, like, irrelevant. We need shit that's going to be here to stay. The I Don't Fuck With You song, I guess it stays, and, like, a couple other uh, songs stay. Play No Game stays. Got a couple other songs that stays, but a lot of the shit is just unforgettable. Like, I don't, I'm not going to care about it. And I expect more out of you, Big Sean. You shouldn't be, like, in a, on a fucking level of a fucking uh, of, of Kodak and some of those other guys where they have forgettable content. You fucking Big Sean. You're the big five. You, so he's supposed to be the big four or five, right? Blessings. That don't, that's, yeah, but who's on that? I knew you were about to say that. I knew it. I knew mm-hmm. it. Control. One man can change the world. I don't know. It's cool. I guess it's woke. (laughs) I guess it's woke. I guess we... I'm just saying, like, but is it, like, really, like, content worthy? Like, really great, like, worthy? You know what I mean? Okay. So, okay, so wait a minute. So, wait, wait. I mess with the song heavy. Okay, wait a minute. So, where does he... Okay, so... Out of the, because you call them the big three, right? Yeah. So does he make the Mount Rushmore then? Is it four? Because he's supposed to be right there. Can I answer this on the next podcast or the bonus <laughs> episode? Because because you got you got I, I need to think if you got some other guys that was there like saying like wait a minute he not supposed to no because you got fucking uh who else is in that fucking shit with them? You had fucking um ASAP Rocky. He was right there with him. He's not Rocky at this point. Is more famous for being Rihanna's baby daddy than anything else. Next. I'm just saying, like, if you look at that class that was supposed to be with the Drake, with uh, Kendrick Lamar. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's just, I'm just saying, who else is in that class with them, too? Uh, who else? I don't know. I'm not ready. I will say this. I'm not ready right away to put Big Sean on that Um Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying too. I, I I need to sit with that one for a minute. Just out of the, just out of that those out of that class basically, because they're all in the same they're in the hey, same so. class. Oh, with Meek Mill being that Meek Mill's right there with them too, right? Yeah, I don't know if I put Meek Mill's. And, and I would say what else? What Wale? Nipsey. Yeah, Nipsey's right there with him, too. Wale. Wale, Nipsey. Where the fuck? 
Where the fuck does Big Sean even sit now since you just mentioned those guys? Okay, join Uh-oh. us on the next podcast when we <laughs> try to figure out where the hell does Big Sean sit at. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord, no. I can see we won't be getting any of these free sponsors anytime soon. But <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, man. Now I'm upset. I'm, I'm sorry, Sean Anderson. No, nah, that, that's still... That's, that's still He's still the guy, man. He just need to come up with some shit that's just fucking amazing. We need the next two albums to be amazing because he can't have one album that's fucking great. So we ranked the top five Detroit rappers. I'm just curious, though, will we put him on that? I'm just saying he can't. It, I'm just saying he has to. Okay, if you think about Drake, right? How many great albums does Drake have? At least like two or three, right? You're asking me this? Yeah, and you even agree. Like, <laughs> now come on, we can go back. Two. You said two, right? Maybe three. Two. Okay. I'll give you a definite two. I'll give you take here, and if you're reading this, you're too late. But Okay, what about J. Cole? Forest Hill Drive. Um, Born Center to Born me is a damn amazing. classic. That's a good song. Uh, That's a good CD, too. What's the um, off season? You said you like that one. Yeah. Off season. So I give J. Cole two with a possible three. God, I sound like we're playing spades right Right. now. (laughs) And Kendrick, you'll give him a a three. A solid three. A solid three. So what do you give Big Sean? I give him a one out of album every ten year one, average. <laughs> a one, a one in a possible. That's fucked up, bro. What's the one? And we don't even agree on the one. Yeah, we don't. Cause you said. <laughs> I, <laughs> so wait a minute. You think you don't think it's Dark Sky Paradise? No, but most people would agree with you. So we'll give him a one in a possible. Cause and I don't like that. Okay, what do you give Meek Mill then? Cause he's in there too. A solid one. I give me a, I give him a one to possible too. He's in his right place. One to possible. School schoolboy Q. One to possible. I'm gonna say one. Uh, I I guess so. Wale. Two. Uh, yeah, I can see two. I can see two. Give him a two. Oh shit! You know who else is in there too, bro? And I, I totally fucking forgot. Uh, fucking Wiz Khalifa's with them too. Uh, <laughs> but when you get Wiz Khalifa, though, you know, God, he's like a he's like a one in the possible. I give him one in the possible. He's a one in the possible. Nipsey's a one in the possible. Yeah, because his career was cut short, man. Nipsey definitely a one in the possible. Okay. Uh, well, I give you, I give you a couple of golf courses and a couple of football fields between them. <laughs> um, catch us next time. <laughs> we'll be talking about J. Cole, the middle child. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's all I got. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Big Shot. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I think we just killed you on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs>